Welcome to SCOTUS Talk. I'm Amy Howe. Thanks for joining us. On Monday, the Supreme Court issued four more opinions. This means that with less than two weeks to go before the justices' summer recess, they still have 20 cases to decide, including some of the biggest ones of the term. The justices are back on Thursday with more opinions, but let's take a closer look at the four cases that they decided on Monday. We're still waiting on the justices' decisions in two cases involving partisan gerrymandering, but the justices did issue their decision in a case about racial gerrymandering. The case involves accusations that Virginia's legislature relied too much on race when it drew state legislative districts after the 2010 census. The lawsuit was filed by residents of several districts. They alleged that the legislature had concentrated African-American voters into their districts, which diluted their strength in nearby districts and gave Republicans an advantage there. A federal court in Virginia agreed with the residents and threw out the map. Virginia's Democratic Attorney General decided not to appeal the ruling to the Supreme Court, so the state's House of Delegates, which is controlled by Republicans, did so instead. On Monday, a closely divided Supreme Court threw out the House's appeal, ruling that the House did not have a legal right, known as standing, to take the case to the Supreme Court. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote for the five justices in the majority in an opinion joined by Justices Clarence Thomas, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and Neil Gorsuch. Under Virginia law, Ginsburg explained, only the state's attorney general can represent the state in civil cases. Nothing in Virginia's law gives the House of Delegates the authority to bring this case to the Supreme Court. The House also doesn't have standing to bring the appeal on its own because the new map that the district court ordered wouldn't cause the kind of injury that would allow the House to appeal, even if the new map would affect the membership of the House. Justice Samuel Alito dissented from the majority's ruling in an opinion that was joined by Chief Justice John Roberts and Justices Stephen Breyer and Brett Kavanaugh. Virginia held its primary election last week using a map that was drawn by a court-appointed expert after the district court threw out the old map. Monday's ruling means that November's general election will go forward using the same map, which is generally regarded as being favorable to Democrats. So even though the court's decision on Monday was in one sense a technical one, it could prove to be very significant for Virginia. In a case called Gamble versus United States, the justices on Monday upheld a long-standing interpretation of the Constitution's double jeopardy clause, which guarantees that no one shall be twice put in jeopardy for the same offense. A doctrine known as the separate sovereigns doctrine allows two different sovereigns, for example, a state government and the federal government, to prosecute a defendant for the same crime without violating the double jeopardy clause. The case before the Supreme Court was brought by an Alabama man named Terrence Gamble. Gamble was convicted on gun charges in both state and federal court after police pulled him over and found marijuana and a handgun in his car. The Supreme Court agreed to hear Gamble's case last spring. Ginsburg and Thomas had suggested in 2016 that the Supreme Court should reconsider the separate sovereign's doctrine, so court watchers thought that there might be five votes to reverse course and strike down the doctrine. But in the end, it wasn't even close. By a vote of 7-2, to two, the justices reaffirmed the doctrine in an opinion by Justice Samuel Alito. Alito emphasized that the separate sovereign's doctrine isn't an exception to the double jeopardy clause. The double jeopardy clause, he explained, bars two prosecutions for the same offense, but a state offense is different from a federal offense. This interpretation of the double jeopardy clause has been in place for 170 years, he added, and Gamble did not provide strong enough evidence to overcome stare decisis the strong presumption against overruling earlier cases. Ginsburg and Justice Neil Gorsuch both dissented from the decision. 
Gorsuch had harsh words for the part of the majority's opinion dealing with stare decisis. He wrote that although courts should pay heed to the considered views of those who have come before us, stare decisis isn't supposed to be the art of being methodically ignorant of what everyone knows. Gamble's case had drawn wider attention because a ruling overturning the separate sovereign's doctrine could have had much broader implications. In the 1990s, federal prosecutors used the doctrine to put Los Angeles police officers accused of beating motorist Rodney King on trial on civil rights charges after juries in state courts had cleared the officers. More recently, prosecutors in New York charged Paul Manafort, the president's former campaign manager, with more than a dozen state felonies even after he was convicted and sentenced to more than seven years in a federal prison to make sure that Manafort would still face prison time even if Trump later pardons him. In a case called Manhattan Community Access Corporation versus Halleck, the justices divided five to four in holding that a private nonprofit corporation that runs a public access TV channel can't be sued for violating the First Amendment. Kavanaugh wrote for the court in an opinion that was joined by Roberts, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. The case was brought by two TV producers who were barred by the corporation known as MNN from putting videos on the channel after they produced a video that criticized MNN. The TV producers claimed that their exclusion from the channel violated the First Amendment, but on Monday the Supreme Court disagreed. The First Amendment generally applies only to the government. Private entities like MNN can only be held liable for violating the First Amendment if they are acting on behalf of the government or doing something that the government would normally do. But that wasn't the case here, Kavanaugh explained, because both public and private entities have historically operated public access TV channels. In its fourth opinion on Monday, a divided court ruled that a state law banning uranium mining within Virginia is not trumped by a federal law that regulates activities related to the processing of uranium. The vote was six to three, but the six justices who agreed that the state law survived did not necessarily agree on a broader legal question lurking in the case. What role should the purpose of the state law play in deciding whether the federal law supersedes it? The justices also issued orders from last week's conference on Monday morning. After 10 consecutive conferences, the justices sent the case of an Oregon couple who refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple back to the state courts for another look. The justices instructed the Oregon Court of Appeals to reconsider its ruling against Melissa and Aaron Klein in light of the Supreme Court's decision last year in the case of Jack Phillips. Phillips, the owner of a Colorado bakery named Masterpiece Cake Shop, had declined to make a custom cake to celebrate a same-sex marriage because it would have violated his religious beliefs. The Supreme Court set aside a Colorado agency's order that would have required Phillips to make cakes for same-sex couples, finding that the agency had been too hostile to his religious faith. Melissa and Aaron Klein's case is returning to Oregon, but the question of whether religious beliefs like theirs can trump neutral laws that apply to everyone may be back at the Supreme Court again soon. Earlier this month, the Washington Supreme Court upheld its ruling against a florist who refused to provide flowers for a same-sex wedding. The florist lawyers have already announced that they intend to appeal to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did not take any action on three petitions for review filed by the federal government in cases involving the Trump administration's decision to end the program known as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which allows undocumented immigrants who came to the United States as children to apply for protection from deportation. Three lower courts blocked the government from terminating the program. We could hear on Monday morning whether the justices will review the government's appeals next fall. Thanks to Case Text, our sponsor, and thanks to our production team, Andrew Hamm, Edith Roberts, and John Levitan.